What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 30 of the Everyday Scout. Um, you know, it's obviously now the off season, and we're really starting to get rolling here with our draft and free agency um, topics. Obviously, last episode, two weeks ago, uh, we did our third mock draft uh, with Max Chadwick from Boomer Bus. So thanks again to Max for coming on. Uh, that was a great episode. Um, but today we got somewhat of a short episode. A few guys uh, will be reacting to the Carson Wentz trade and also answering a handful of mailbag questions from you guys, our loyal fans and listeners. So with that being said, let's just jump right into it. As always, uh, my co-host Connor is with me today, um, so I'll pass it off to you first. What's your uh, initial reaction to Carson Wentz ending up in Indianapolis? Yeah, you know, we always knew this was eventually going to happen. We got reports that nobody else really sent a full offer to the Eagles besides Indy. Um, you know, there was that heinous report that said they wanted two picks, two first-round picks back for Carson Wentz. Yeah, Duncan's laughing right now. We were all laughing when we saw the tweet. Um, but, I mean, I like, I don't think they could have gotten any better value. Um, you I know. mean, to be fair, I think they got good value, though. Yeah, for what? For, got for getting rid of – yeah, and getting rid of the worst starting quarterback in the NFL last season. A 2021 third, that's this year, and a 2022 conditional second rounder next year that turns into a first if Carson plays at least 75% of the snaps or if he plays 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. And the Colts are a double-digit team this year with Rivers. And they, they're not losing anybody besides Rivers now they have Wentz. I mean – Oh, so again, if, I mean, if he stays healthy, it's a first round. If he's if he's average, they make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. this is just health related. Yeah, so I mean, let me just phrase it this way then: Do you think, like, what do you think the Colts are next year with is Carson Wentz a Pro Bowl quarterback? <laughs> is Carson <laughs> Wentz better than thirty-eight-year-old Philip Rivers? If I asked you that before, is this he a Pro Bowl ended, caliber you, player next crazy. year, twenty twenty-one? No. Okay. I mean. I, they need him to be average. They need him to be the 16th best quarterback in the league. And that's a big jump because we just watched him be – he could have been the 33rd best quarterback in the league last year. I mean, based on what I saw from Taylor Heineke in the playoffs, he, he didn't do a single good thing the entire fucking season. All right. So, you I know, mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's a high – you know, it's – I don't want to say it's low risk for Indy. Um. I would think it's high risk, high reward. Again, if it burns, you won't lose that first round pick most likely. Um, You aren't giving up that much at the end of the day. Indianapolis, you know, with that new – with Veach, they've been very aggressive. They've been very smart thinking. And, you know, this is going to say more about Wentz than the Colts. Uh, I mean, look. Because they were never in position to draft a guy. And if if Frank Reich can't fix Wentz, then he's done. That's so right. no, Oh, obviously. Like, if it doesn't work in Indianapolis, he's obviously done. But, I mean, that's what you mentioned. No other team really sent a full offer. Frank Reich, better than anybody in the league, you know, maybe even including Doug Peterson, knows what Carson Wentz is, knows what makes him tick, knows how to make yes. him successful. Um, this Colts team is ready to win now. Elite mm-hmm. offensive line – Young supporting cast offensively. Look for them. They keep that 21 pick in the draft. Look for them to use that on, I would assume, a receiver. Uh, you know, ideally an over-top guy or in the second round because they're obviously a very deep wide receiver class. 
Um, and, you know, that defense played at a very high level last year. So, you know, I think this Colts team is a, a top contender in the AFC next year. Obviously, the Chiefs coming back with Mahomes and, you know, most of their their roster there um, is clear, clearly the favorites. But I expect Indianapolis to be right there next to Buffalo because yeah. I, fully expe- I fully expect Carson Wentz to be a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Oh, my God. You, you have to cut bait. You're doubling down. Whether in the AFC – oh, yeah, I'm doubling down. <laughs> whether in the AFC with Mahomes, Watson, Allen, Lamar Jackson, he actually makes the Pro Bowl, I don't know. But Carson Wentz is going to play at a high level. I'm telling you that right now. We've seen it time and time again. Run the ball. Let Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz isn't a dink and dunk guy, all right? Run the ball. Yeah, because let him he get refuses out of the to throw the ball to his running play off, back. Play, play, play action. Just, so they see it in Tennessee in their division. That's what the Colts will be. They'll be an elite team. Maybe not an the elite reports, team. The reports out of Philly that – you know, obviously the distrust and the, the breakdown between him and Peterson is – the court, starting quarterback for your team not talking to his head coach for 10 weeks is absurd. But the reports that Wentz would be given a play, like, you know, Alshon's going to run a 15-yard out, okay? He knows that he can't make the throw, so he refuses to throw the ball there. Like, we saw multiple of these reports come out. And then on top of that, I'm assuming, like, Lane, Lane Johnson tweeted something – in favor of getting rid of Wentz, like I don't, I don't think I think Lane Johnson also right said he would rather. Scare, win the best part is five, so I don't care what Lane Johnson thinks or says. That's true, but here's the thing. Another talking point about this Wentz trade is that Wentz wears number eleven. He has his entire career wore it in North Dakota State as well, and now second year receiver Michael Pittman Jr. currently wears eleven. Says I'm eleven. I'm the only eleven on this team. I'm not giving up his number. So it sounds like Wentz is already doing good, making friends. Um, sounds like everything's going to go splendidly over there. All right. Like, so are you of the opinion that his MVP talent, his elite physical traits displayed three years ago are, are gone? They just don't exist anymore? Like, is that what you're saying? Well, no. Okay. Not his age. Well, traits don't disappear. Now, but is the mental, play. the what? mental regression cannot just be avoided after what we watched sure, last year. Obviously. That cannot just be tossed be aside just because his team's better. Good. It needs to be fixed. But he has Frank Reich. He has the security of a hopefully healthy offensive line, a good offensive line, a new situation. It's easier said than done. But I, no, I, I may even pick. Carson Wentz to be Super Bowl MVP when August rolls around next year. I might really double down. You think again? Doubling down. Yeah, again. Second year in a row? You're going to yep. pick Wentz and make the Super Bowl two years in a row? Yep. All right. Um, well, so we clearly, we clearly disagree on that one. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you have any supporters. One of, one of the few big things we, we disagree on is definitely Carson Wentz. Um, I'm right. glad that you're sticking with him because I think you're the only person that will. Fine, fine. I, I think it's a great – how many quarterbacks could succeed there? Many. So why wouldn't a guy with elite talent not succeed there with a coach that gets him? I just – Because I, he was just the worst quarterback in the National Football League know, for an entire season and got benched for a rookie no quarterback that. that you said sucks. No doubt about that. All right. Um, all right. Well, sticking on this topic, we're going to get to our mailbag questions now. And this first one is for Connor. Uh, from Jeff Prince, and Jeff is wondering, 
where do the Eagles go from here? I'm assuming that's referring to, you know, especially with that sixth pick in the draft. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So this is going back to even last year now, obviously with Jalen Hurts. Um, I've always been a Jalen Hurts guy. I've always thought he's had the talent. You know, the ceiling has always been a question mark just because of his, his cap throwing ability. You know, there's not not really any way to beautify that. Like, there's definitely a ceiling on the arm talent there. But I just – I mean, I think he can work with Jalen Hurts. You know, the problem is there's no receivers on the team. And this is something I predicted months ago. You know, like, all Sean's going to get cut. Hurts is gone. Uh, Djax is gone. Jalen Rager is the only receiver on the roster right now, and he's not even good. Um, but – and the obvious need is just offensive weapon. Um, my thing is I personally, you know, believe enough in Jalen Hurts based on where this team is. Cause it's not like you're a quarterback away. This is a three to five year rebuild based on talent. They're still negative $50 million in cap. Uh, that Carson Wentz trade was the biggest dead cap hit in NFL history, by the way. Uh, I think it was around 30 million going against the Eagles there. Um, but if I were the Eagles, if, so here's the thing. There's four quarterbacks, four top quarterbacks and everybody else. If Justin Fields is on the board at six, I think you run the pick in and you take Justin Fields. But what I think is likely to happen is I think Fields, Wilson, and Trevor all go in the top five. I'll go in the top four even because um, I don't think since he's going to move. Uh, that leaves just Trey Lance on the board. I mean – we said this like six months ago when Wentz was like starting to struggle. It'd be like, wouldn't that be hilarious if the Eagles just replaced Wentz with the other North Dakota state quarterback, but like it, it just wouldn't work. You know, we've, we've both had the mindset that Lance can be great, but he's so raw right now should sit for a year quarterback competition between Hertz and Lance. It's just kind of gross. And then they're just, a young unproven quarterback with nothing around them again. So you're just repeating the cycle that you've had with Wentz for the last two years um, with fields. I think it's a different story because those two would have a legit can't battle, but obviously fields, you know, has a better ceiling. Um, the trade with the trade possibilities with Hertz are there, especially if a guy like Marcus Mariota has a trade market after playing half a game last year. But if I'm the Eagles personally, barring Jamar Chase somehow being on the board, I think you take Kyle Pitts no matter what. Um, uh, I think Jamar Chase could definitely be on the board at six. Yeah. Uh, if he is, then you take Jamar Chase. Okay. I love Jamar Chase. He's my wide receiver one. I, I, don't, I think there's a gap between him and the next guy personally. Um, you know, the Eagles can't draft receivers. See that now? JJR Sega Whiteside can't do anything. Uh, Rager, I'm not completely sold on, but it's if he was talented enough, you would have seen some flashes last year, which were he's a mediocre guy. But it, I think it's Chaser Pitts, get a weapon for Hurts, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard. The offensive line needs to be retooled, it's very, very old especially with Jason Peters leaving, but he's 38 anyway. But I think you take the best pass-catching option. And if 
my order for the Eagles is six. I would go Justin Fields, one. Jamar Chase, two. Kyle Pitts, three. And I think if all three of those guys are off the board, which, you know, it won't happen. But I think if all three of those guys are on the board, you trade back. Because you, you're more than a player or two away. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You said this was a multi-year rebuild. You know, trading back, you – I mean – it's not glamorous. Fans usually don't like it, especially when you're picking that high already. But, you know, I think – I forget who it was. I think it was Michael Lombardi. I'm not sure. Some of you might know who he is. He worked with Bill, um, you know, at the Pats in those early years and in Cleveland. And his, his whole point with trading back was that, you know, look, the draft, even that high is, is a crapshoot to a pretty high degree. More darts to throw at the board, like, that is never a bad thing. Um, obviously, especially in a rebuild. So I think that's definitely a viable option for them as well, as you said. Um, so, again, kind of sticking with this this draft quarterback topic in the top ten, Griff asks, do any of the top four QBs, referring to Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, and Lance, uh, make it to ten? And if so, do the Cowboys have to consider drafting one? And that's a good question because obviously Dak and Dallas's negotiations um, are not going too well. I forget what the deadline is. I think it's by March 9th, something like that. Um, but I mean, look, if if they can't figure out Dak long term, um, I mean, boy, I mean, first of all, they really just botched that whole situation in the first place, not giving him as many years as he wanted last year. Obviously, they couldn't foresee the cap coming down because of the pandemic. But I mean, I don't, I don't know how you're Jerry or Steven Jones and you don't look at that and just, you know, really regret not locking him up long-term, but obviously can't change the past. So if, do I think any of the top four QBs will make it to 10? No, I do not. Even if one's starting to slide, I think someone moves up. You got enough teams needy. You got the 49ers lurking at 12 or, you know, 13, I think, Oh no, 12. Um, you know, even potentially the Giants at 11, um, you know, Pats, but I don't think they would do it. Um, regardless, I don't think one makes it to 10, but, you know, hypothetically, mm-hmm. if one were to, I think you have to consider it. Like, if you really are uncertain about your ability to lock up Dak, you, you, I mean, you have to because one's, what's one of the most valuable things in football these days, that rookie quarterback contract. and. I mean, if you were to go best player available here, it wouldn't matter if in a year from now Dak walks free and you have literally nothing. You probably don't even have that good a pick because Dak played probably pretty well and stayed healthy. So you're mid-first round, terrible quarterback class anyways. So then you're really stuck in the mud. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if you get to that point and Dak still isn't signed long-term, even if it was Trey Lance, then, yeah, pull the trigger. Yeah, and the reports coming out uh, in the last few days is that the Cowboys, you know, the franchise tag opened today, the first day available to have a tag. We haven't had one yet, and they have until March 9th to tag, like you said, Duncan. Uh, They took pretty long to tag Dak. It was a few days before March 9th last year, but the Cowboys on their end said their goal is still a long-term deal. They haven't had any meaningful conversations between Dak's camp and the Cowboys yet. I expect the deal to get done. You know, the great thing about this question is we'll know March 10th. 
because uh, if Dak's going to hit the market, you know, it's going to be insane. Uh, we've seen what some quarterbacks do on the open market, like Kirk Cousins, but I think you definitely have to consider it. But at the same time, you're only consider like you'll know if he's there or not by the time we get to the draft. So right. it's not whether you consider it's it's whether you're trading up or not at that point. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good point because you'd know going in, you definitely have to trade up. As I said, I don't think one gets to 10. But, yeah, then I could see Jerry being aggressive and moving up for sure. Um, all right, second question for Connor now. And this one is from Noah Minsky. What do you see the Panthers doing in the draft? Um, could they possibly um, move up for a, a top QB aggressively like a Wilson or a Fields if one of them is at three with Miami? Yeah, so this also kind of goes into the last question. You know, Cowboys at 10, the top four quarterbacks are not going to be there. Since, you know, Carolina and Denver being their eight and nine, I don't expect, you know, after the, the fallout, uh, you know, apparently like Denver won't give up Drew Locke to get Deshaun Watson, which is the most heinous thing I've heard this week. Um, but eh, a quarterback is not getting past Carolina at eight. We saw that with, you know, how aggressive their offer was for Matt Stafford. Some could argue it's a better offer than what the Rams gave up. Um, I believe they gave eight. And their first next year, and maybe like a third or a fourth. I'm not sure the exact offer that they were rumored to give. But based on like just that aggression and reports that like the Panthers are like, we need our guy right now. Obviously, that entire bold prediction false report last week about, you know, McCaffrey and three first going for Watson, that was some beat writers, bold, bold, like, prediction getting blown out of proportion. Right. But I, I do think the report's true. This team knows they're a quarterback of the way, which is scary considering how young this team is. Um, and you I know, think- we talked about the Nats training for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And what I always say is, no Warner, no Kittle, no Bosa, take anybody else. And if Carolina's sitting here with a team, you know, like, like again, Philly trading back, um, I don't think they need to jump up to – like Detroit will probably be looking to trade back in the draft. But at that point, you're not really looking to trade up from eight to seven, you know, unless you're preventing, say, the Niners going from 12 to seven if a guy like Trey Lance is on the board. But I, Carolina's taking a quarterback in the first round no matter what, in my opinion. Um, obviously, if – Top four are gone. They're out of their shit out of luck. Then they're going to be scrambling. It's going to be pretty bad. You know, they're not going to take Mac Jones when I say quarterback, no matter what. But I think there's they're the most likely team to trade up in the first round right now is the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and I think this has a lot to do with you know you mentioned they're young. They're pretty much already a quarterback away, and they're very antsy to get their hands on a quarterback that can win now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that has a lot to do with Matt Rule and Joe Brady's college background. They know that next year's quarterback class with Sam Howell and, you know, Jaden Daniels and Keaton Slovis and J.D. Daniels, you know, isn't the best. Um, It might not be what they're looking for next year. So one more – you might think to yourself, one more year of Teddy Bridgewater isn't the worst thing in the world. Well, that might turn into two or three more years. Um, yeah, I mean, there's class, and I don't think they're going to be in the top ten anymore, even with Teddy Bridgewater. So they, th- I think they know this is their chance, and I totally agree. I can, I mean, Panthers picking at three. Um, if I were to bet on one trade happening, 
you know, in the top ten, that would probably be where my money would be. You mean the Panthers trading up to three? Yeah, Panthers trading up. Yeah, no, that's that's what I was about to say. Because, you know, when, when the Jets traded up from six to three to take Sam Darnold a few years ago, they gave up three second rounders. That was it. Yeah. And I I think the Panthers are more – they're willing to give up more than that to move up from eight to three right now. So, and that I mean, would probably be I, Justin Fields, maybe Zach Wilson, but not it, – I, It's just whichever one's there, honestly. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Next question. Uh, this is for me from Oliver Moody. Where will Deshaun Watson be uh, come week one of the 2021 NFL season? Um, boy, it looked a few weeks ago, it looked pretty certain that Watson would be on the move. Um, but, you know, Nick Casario came over from New England and kind of with a very Bill Belichickian tone said, uh, we're not trading him, we're not interested, all this and that. <clears throat> probably bluffing, yeah. but you never Josh know. Josh Rosen is our guy. Yeah, like you never know because this guy – like I, I could totally see him being stubborn like that, and that's the one thing that gives me pause. But, you know, I'm going to bet on that New England connection here between Nick Casario and Brian Flores, who worked with each other for a very long time up north in the northeast. I'm going to say it will be Miami at the end of the day because – I think Brian Flores looks at this roster, looks at his assets, and is just like, boy, I give him Tua, I give him three, and I give him 18, and I give him another pick next year, three firsts and Tua. Here, take it. Give me Deshaun Watson. They take maybe another weapon in the second, and, I mean, they are – I mean, they're – they're pretty close to Super Bowl caliber team at that point, in my opinion, uh, with that defense, which could, you know, has, you know, elite corners to match big corners too. that, you know, would be a good matchup on Travis Kelsey. We saw them take the Chiefs down to the wire in Miami this regular season. Um, but I'm going to stick with the Dolphins. I'm getting a little wor- – like, I want to see him out of Houston. I think we all do. I'm getting a little worried that's not going to happen. As I think you mentioned before the show, the Texans are now the betting favorites, unfortunately. Um, but I think at the end of the day, Casario and Flores know each other um, and, and they work it out. I think it takes a while, but I think, um, I think it, it gets done. I mean, I've been on the side where the second we heard Deshaun wanted out or whatever the original report was, I've been telling you the entire time, I don't think it gets done. And that is simply because in NFL history, there has never been a top three quarterback in the league under the age of 30 demanding a trade. Nobody's ever fucked up as bad as Texas have right now. So, you know, we've it's been a while now. It's been about a month or so, a little more. But we've never seen a trade like, like – it, it's an NBA-level trade. Where seeing all these types of first rounders, prospects, young players, you know, it, yeah, it would by far be the biggest. Year. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the biggest draft capital capital trade in NFL history, potentially, if it gets done. And I just I don't think it's there yet, the league. I just don't think it'll happen personally. I think it's I I wish they had the odds for you know, the Texans are at plus two hundred and then we got the Broncos three hundred and I believe the Panthers are at three fifty. Um, the Jets, teams like that, four, five hundred ish, 
I I wonder what the odds are that he sits out. That's well, that's Le'Veon, I haven't seen anybody Le'Veon, talk about that. Le'Veon Bell, yeah. I mean, I guess he's Texans technically, but I mean, I yeah, I don't see enough people talking about that. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think I think he's really serious about it. Obviously, who knows if you know that fresh voice in Casario can get through to him, or if he's just too far gone. Um, all right, next question here. This one for Connor from our good friend Tome. Who will be the biggest steal of the NFL draft? Yeah, so I'm going to give a player on both sides of the ball that, you know, you guys are going to know who they are because they have first-round talks. They're that, that fringe kind of picks 20 to 50. Could be anywhere. Between those, um, not really any of the late round guys I could throw in one, but offensive side of the ball, somebody that talked about pre-show with Duncan. And I've been saying before this college football season started that this was my guy to watch, and that's Rashad Bateman, the receiver out of Minnesota. Duncan knows I've been in love with this kid since he played last year at Minnesota. Um, you know, P.J. Fleck, what they're doing up there. It, but it looked hot for a second. Um, wish, wish, wish Tanner Morgan wasn't the quarterback, but – you know, Bateman is going to be underrated for the rest of his NFL career, which I expect to be long and successful. And it's because he's a carbon copy of that Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen security blanket where, you know, you, the size is there, but it's not DK Metcalf size. You know, it's 6'1", 6'2"-ish, kind of lean. Doesn't have elite speed, but, you know, he's, like, fast enough to get the job done. You know, it's it's technical. It's route running. It's the catching in traffic. It's, you know, for receiver, the diva, the sexy position in the league, it's, it's the non-sexy guy. And at the end of the day, I think that's why, you know, we're seeing everybody fall in love with a gadget guy. Kadarius Toney is literally a gadget player. You know, they're trying to revive Percy Harvin, you know. Florida comparisons there, but I really think Bateman, like, depending on where, like, worst case scenario, like, player team association, I bring it up every episode, like, he's Allen Robinson, so, like, please don't get drafted by Chicago and Allen Robinson leaves. (laughs) Like, he's so fucking sad to me. But if he goes, like, Indy, take Rashad Bateman. Like, it's not a take your top off guy. And, you know, him and Pittman, it's a good young duo. Pittman, Pittman doesn't have that over-the-top speed. Well, like I brought up on a, another episode, Pittman, and don't kill me, this is not a comparison. This is like a, an individual play. It's not a player-to-player comparison. Pittman's main shtick, we saw it last year, it's, it's slants and drags and can you take that 60 yards like we used to see Odell do every Sunday. I'm not saying he can do that, but it's – Yeah, I mean, that's, you- that's your – Playmaker skill set. I think Ty is going to leave. You take another guy in the later rounds. Um, yeah, but I, you mentioned. I think Rashad Bateman's going to be. He's never not going to be underrated. Yeah, I mean, I think you brought up a very good point in the fact that, you know, in the draft process, because talk about you know prospects and their athleticism and their how explosive guys are. You know, this, that, and whatever. You know, the great football players kind of get lost in that. Um, mm-hmm. Example from last year is the obvious Antoine, Antoine Winfield. Like, mm-hmm. that's a guy we're like, yeah, he's small. He's not that athletic. 
and people are like, what is pros? Oh, well, he's a great football player, but you know, but he has all of these weaknesses too. Like, and I love it. I mean, I, yeah, like, I don't, I guess I'm a Minnesota guy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't see Rashad Bateman. His floor is so high and he also, I think has a really good ceiling. So I definitely agree with, with that selection. It's just, it's, it's because of his play. It's not taking jet sweeps to the hat. Like it's not sexy. Not yeah. Kadarius Tony. It's not what you're getting. It's yeah. not Rondale Moore, but it's going to work. Yeah. Like I, I would be shocked if Rashad Bateman doesn't make at least two Pro Bowls in his career. Like it, I'll, I'll make that claim right now. I mean, obviously, you know, if he, if he ends up somewhere terrible. But, I mean, a place, you know, that Bears association, that's like one thing I don't want to happen. But some people see him as a second-round guy. But I think if you're a team like Tennessee, I know the whole Isaiah Wilson saga, they can get away with their O-line right now. Corey Davis is gone. I would love to see A.J. Brown and Rashad Bateman next to each other. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Corey Davis potentially on the move, as you said. Um, and also, as you said, Titans need to hit on a surefire player in the first round this time around. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I just – I don't see Bateman being bad. Just I, yeah, I think like you said. I think the floor is too high. He does all of the little things well. Separation, you know, he's yeah. physical at the catch point. He, it's yeah. I mean, he's, sometimes he's not sexy first round. You don't. I mean, he he probably won't be a home run. I mean, is he going to come out rookie year have a Justin Jefferson season? No, like that that, that just that doesn't. He just does happen. not have that explosiveness. But it, it's it's the silkiness. Yeah. You know, it's like a, it's it's Keenan. That's why I love him because he, yeah. it's Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson. It's the guys that you're like, oh, I know they're great. But like, you know, can they take over? Like, yeah, it's going to be sick. Right. So that's that's my offensive steal of the draft. Um, just because I know he's he's probably a, like he's he's a top 50 guy. Um, I would say at the end of the day, I would I would take him in the first round without a doubt over a guy like Darius Tony, who I do like. but. Um, a later round steal on offense. Again, you know, like there's no quarterbacks. Running backs, like you, you can kind of just take any of them. Again, running back position. So whatever. Um, I know you're a Nico Collins guy, but my late round receiver that I've all, like, I didn't know about him until this year, but that would be Diami Brown out of North Carolina. But it's, kind of the, the anti-Rashad Bateman, where it's just pure explosiveness. Um, you know, 6-1, can stretch the field, can play out wide, can play, from the, can play from the slot, excuse me. At North Carolina offense, it's a lot of fun. And I think if Diami is probably going to go I – mean, I know we saw guys in different positions, but, like, A.J. Dillon was going to be like a fourth, fifth rounder when the second. If somebody took Diami Brown in the second round, yeah. all right. I, I wouldn't but at the end of the day, he's probably a third or fourth rounder. Yeah. Um, but I just – receivers, it's just so scheme-specific. Um, but I would, I would say Diami's probably my later round guy. On the defensive side of the ball, this is kind of me planting my flag here on which on I don't know if it's it's not a bad edge class, but some of them like it's it's the first time in a while where it's not 
there's no edge rusher that could be taken in the top five. Because I think that, I don't remember the last time this has happened. Um, but there's just a lot of guys, you know. I think I'm planting my flag on Jalen Phillips as that guy, as my edge one. Um, I have a lot of question marks about Greg Rousseau. Again, Jalen Phillips has question marks because with when Rousseau opted out, he kind of just stepped into his role and produced right away, which I don't know who that says more about between Jalen Phillips and Greg Rousseau. You know, obviously Jalen Phillips isn't a sleeper by any means, considering he was the number one player in his recruiting class coming out of high school, five-star prospect, obviously, but I really think he can do anything. And we saw that at Miami and Miami's going to have, I think, I think three or four pass rushers drafted in this class this year, which is just absurd. The U was not back. That's nice to see, but I, he can play the run, play the pass. You know, I, three, four, four, three. I think he can play anything, honestly, which you want on the defensive line. It's that scheme versatility that we're seeing more and more these days that teams want. You know, the NFL runs 70% nickel coverage these days, you know, multiple DB sets. So if you have a guy like Jalen Phillips that could he can play with his hand in the dirt, he can stand up. Maybe he can play inside if he bulks up a little bit. Play, teams need this versatility. And if I'm like, and we'll see it again. It's a blue blood program, Miami former number one overall recruit. Like Teams are going to be more likely to throw a dart on Jalen Phillips than, you know, a guy like Joseph Osire, what he pay in my opinion. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. He also feels like one of those guys that, like, I have no idea. This is just complete, just gut instinct is that NFL teams have higher than like the draft media, so to speak. Mm-hmm. On, or, like, yeah, I, I agree in that sense. Like he, I feel like he's, Almost by the time we get to draft, going to be a lock for the top twenty, like absolute lock. Um, and he, I mean, he's definitely not viewed that this way. Like half the mock drafts right now don't even have him in the first round. Um, but I know mm-hmm. he'll end up there. And for it's just all the all the edge rushers. It's pick your flavor. Yeah, that's all it is. And I, I think he applies to multiple teams, whereas you know a guy like Cody Pay, who he he's Melvin Ingram. So if you're yeah. the Raiders. Take Quiddy Pay. Now it's a team fit. It'll work. Quiddy That's what you need. Quiddy Pay and the Raiders. Like, yeah. He, I think he he can fit too many holes for too many teams. Yep. All right. Um, second to last question here. Um, I'll take this one from Roderick. Which team is more likely to make it back to the Super Bowl next season, the Bucks or the Chiefs? Um, man, I mean – more like I mean, this one's pretty easy for me. Um, I think I it's got to be the Chiefs. They're gonna replenish their offensive line. They get um, Duvernay Tardif back, I believe. Yeah, um, I would imagine they're gonna pick someone at thirty-one. Um, so I mean, that's two starters right there. I mean, they're definitely starting caliber players at thirty-one in this draft at tackle. Um, so that's two two you know hopefully good starters back along the offensive line. And, I mean, look, Mahomes' cap hit next year is still relatively low. It was like $5 million this year, and like next year it's still only at 24. So they're still in that window with this obscene It's a, it's a steal for a starting quarterback. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, steal. Um, like they're still in this window like these next couple, th- two, three years before his cap hit becomes like 45, 50-plus that they're really going to be running it back. And – Look, the Bucks. Like, look, I, 
you know, I'm the big, I'm as big a Tom Brady fan as you'll ever meet. Um, but look, he's going to be 44. The wheels are going to fall off of this eventually. And it, like for the past couple seasons, like I was at that point where I was like, look, we got to look week one. Like it could be like any game at this point. And we're at that point. Do I think that's going to happen? No. But is there a chance it does? Yes. Um, and he's just not, you know, the same quality quarterback we saw this year. And just for them, like, I mean, part of it makes you think, like, look, they have more time together. They'll have a real offseason. They'll be even better. But I just – I don't – I think that was a pretty unique run they had. Um, and, see, the other thing, though, is in their division, the Saints losing Breeze falling off. We don't know quite what they'll be. Um, so I think this is basically what I'm trying to say is my answer is more about the, the absolute dominance of the Chiefs right now in the AFC than it is about the Bucks regressing. Um, I mean, I think the Chiefs are I, – I don't see the Bills getting there. I don't see the Colts getting there. Unless the Dolphins get Watson, I don't see them getting there. Um, the NFC, there are a ton of teams that will be in the mix. 49ers help. Mm-hmm. Packers are still there with Rodgers. Rams with st- – like – it just, the entire uh, NFC West. Yeah. So I just it's I can I mean Chiefs will be my AFC Super Bowl prediction. I'm almost certain unless something drastic happens in the off season. Um so um definitely definitely the Chiefs for me. Um and now to wrap up our show, this last question, which we'll both we'll both tackle here. Um where will JJ Watt end up? What say you? So the top three te- – you know, it, it, it's obvious saying J.J. Watt's been linked to, like, 18 teams around the league or whatever. But to most, I would believe the top three teams right now would be – or top four would be Pittsburgh. But, like, that's the most unlikely you know, money situations, Big Ben, Cap, yada, yada. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Cleveland, and Green Bay. Um, I think as of yesterday, the Browns – since the report came out, I think the Browns have stayed as the odds-on favorite. If I am correct, it might have changed. Last time I checked, the Browns were the odds-on favorite. Um, obviously, as Buffalo ties. If I had to plant my uh, – no, if, if I had to plant my flag, it would be the Browns. And he wants to contend. He wants to win a ring. Obviously, you know, first playoff, 20 years, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still going to come down to money, in my opinion. Where Steelers cannot afford J.J. Watt right now. We'll see with Big Ben's 42 mil, restructure, retire. We'll see how that ends up. You know, obviously, the other two-thirds of the Watt brothers are there. So, if if the money looked a little cleaner, I I think we'd all just punch it in and not even think about it. Um, But, again, I – out of those four teams, I feel like the Steelers are the least likely to win Super Bowl next year. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, the Packers, I would probably put the Packers at second again. The last few years, you know, the Packers used to just not do anything in free agency, no big names. They're just The biggest name that the Packers had in the last 10 years of free agency was Jerry Cook. Um, but if, Maybe, maybe not. Are the Packers going to be like, how does J.J. Watt help Jordan Love? You know, doesn't matter. Rodgers won MVP. Forget he's even there. Um, 
and then it, it's it's Buffalo and the Browns. You know, some people are saying the Bucks, which you know, when Dama Kinsu leaves, you just bring in JJ Watt. Yeah. It's fucking God. I don't know how you bring back Godwin and Godwin and Barrett at that point. Right. Um, but I, I think you hit. If I had to plant my flag today, I'm putting on the Browns. Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit the main point in that it's going to come down to money with these teams because the Browns are the only one of those four that are in a flexible financial position. Um, Bills have a little bit of money right now at about $4.5 So, I mean, they're definitely within striking distance if they're able to free up a little bit. Um, the pack, Like, I want him to be a Packer, like, straight up. Um mm. Like, he's from Wisconsin, obviously. I, like, he just – he feels like a – like, he is a Green Bay Packer. Like, you can see it right now. Um, and I think, you know, it would help them get over the top, whether, you know, they would actually close the deal. Who knows? But, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's the best fit, just in my opinion. That's what I want the most. I also think Buffalo's a great fit. We all saw the AFC Championship game. Bills couldn't affect Mahomes at all in the pocket. So that would obviously be a great fit. But, you know, if I had to predict what I, what I think will happen, not what I want to happen, um, I will have to agree with you and say Cleveland just because of the money. Um, I mean, it, it's also a good fit given, you know, they need a second rusher opposite of Miles Garrett, um, you know, a versatile rusher at that, J.J. Watt, inside-out versatility, obviously. Um, but just another point on this, like some people, like, I mean, I haven't really heard this too much, but – I mean, we just got to make sure it, it's clear. Like, he is not washed up in the least. Like, he's had injury problems over his career. Like, he is going to be an effective player on a contender in 2021. I fully believe that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he'll be susceptible to injury, sure. But, I like, when he's on the field, he's going to be a good player. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And something that, you know, I've only seen Jake Trotter from ESPN bring up. So, the top four teams. Well, besides Pittsburgh, but I, I just again, I'm taking Pittsburgh out of that top three just because of financials. Yeah. So, Green Bay, Buffalo, Cleveland. Why does Cleveland stand out more to those other two than those other two? Cleveland's the only place JJ Watt's not going to get double teamed every play. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, for the Packers first time, Darius Smith. Packers have Darius Smith. Yeah, but it's. No, you're right. I, I think the- you're double team of JJ Watt over Darius Smith. Right. I mean, if you have Miles Garrett eating up the double, t- if you have JJ Watt free rushing, almost every it's a free rush if he's if he's just getting manned up over the center. Let's see. I don't know what he's gonna do. I, I think all three of those are. good. I've been saying, I know our good friend of the show Zico's. They want linebacker, corner for the like. I've been saying, you need somebody else other than Miles Garrett on that D line, and it'll at least look like it fixes the rest of the defense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, again, I, I agree also that Steelers can pretty be pretty much be marked out of that. Um, only reason they were on there is kind of his brother, which I understand. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I think we both agree it will certainly be one of those top three. He'll be a good fit at either one, and he'll have a chance to win big with either one. And I think – all the fans around the NFL want to see J.J. Watt get a chance to play for a ring um, before he is um, actually washed up. Um, all right. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Hope you enjoyed that episode going over Carson Wentz, who we had a bit of a disagreement on uh, for a change. but you know, we'll Second year in a row. 
see how it works. Always, it's uh, always just Carson Wentz. It's the only thing we disagree. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, and then these mailbags talking a lot about quarterbacks in the draft. So obviously, a lot of time between now and the draft. Um, quick shout out, um, you know, to the combine. It would have been this weekend, this coming weekend. Um, it's a damn shame it got canceled. Underwear Olympics, um, baby. Favorite time of the year. I, I don't even know what else to say. It's just a shame. So we had to pour one out there. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, as always, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Everyday Scout. And let us know if there's any topics you'd like us to touch on in our later episodes. So thank you guys for listening.